The best way to learn how to be a dad is to learn from awesome dads. Welcome to the Awesome Dad Show. Here's your host, Mark Savant. What is up? Welcome to the show. Today's episode is a ton of fun. I'm sitting with Mr. Jordan Schultz. He's a analyst for ESPN. He's got a podcast, Awesome Dad. He played a lot of sports growing up. And this episode is just a lot of fun. We talk a lot about living in the new normal, which is the COVID-19 normal, and the pressure it puts on us as fathers to continuously juggle all the responsibilities. It's tough. It's tough. We are with you there. So if you are struggling and get trying to get through this, trying to take care of yourself and your family and your work and everything in between, this is a great episode. You are going to really enjoy this. If you are new here, please take two minutes and go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. This helps tremendously in reaching more fathers. I also want to personally invite you to head over to the Awesome Dad Group over on Facebook. This is a great community where you can communicate and meet other awesome fathers. It's just a really great place to be. I've gotten a lot of great wisdom out of that group. And sometimes when you're having a problem, it just feels good to kind of vent. So definitely go ahead and check that out. If you were feeling generous, if you love the episode, if you want to see this thing go even farther, please head over to the Patreon page, patreon.com slash actadad, and consider donating the show. Uh, you get some exclusive behind-the-scenes content as well, whether you're in the dollar, $5, $10 tier, whatever you decide to choose is awesome. So for, the, for a stick of bubble gum, you can really help support the show. So I'd encourage you, por favor, head over to patreon.com slash actadad and find a tier that works for you. Look, I can go on for hours and hours talking about what's going on with actadad, which some amazing things are happening, but I'd rather share this episode with Mr. Jordan Schultz. DJ, run it safe. Jordan, welcome to the Awesome Dad Show. How are you? My man, I'm doing well. Uh, as you can see and probably hear, I'm actually working out on the treadmill right now. Um, I, you know, time, time is uh, our most valuable commodity. And during uh, COVID and during the NFL draft, I'd say that uh, that doubles and triples in importance. So this is me trying to get everything in in one day. I've made 107 phone calls today with over 200 texts. So this is my time to relax and talk whatever you want. That's what's up. And that's what being an acted at is all about. It's about finding ways to merge all your stuff together. If you can multitask, that's brilliant. So having someone- It's hard though. Trust me, I'm, I'm with you there, brother. I'm with you. So just before we get into all the fatherhood stuff, what was your biggest surprise of the draft? My biggest surprise was in the first round. You know, Green Bay was at 30. They trade up to 26 to get Jordan Love. And I like Jordan Love. I've been a proponent of this for two, three years. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care that he threw 17 picks last year and had the new OC. I liked him. But I put this video on Instagram and Twitter, like your window is now to win. That's your window if you're Green Bay. Rodgers is 36. They've never drafted a skill position player during his 15 years. And for them to go out and get his heir apparent in the first round and trade up to do it, yeah, hard to understand. We'll see, we'll see how that plays out. The NFL is – I mean, I'm looking forward to getting back to sports. Like, I don't know about oh, you, God, but having your, kids, having your kids cooped up in the house and there's nothing to oh. do, like, how is that playing out for you in your household? It's been really hard. We actually um, – Moved out to Long Island because from the city, New York, because we knew it was going to get bad mm. and maybe not this bad, but it was a big plus for us. And it's been really good. I mean, they've been able to 
do Zoom classes with school. And all things considered, I think it's been about as good as you could hope for. Right on. Now, how old are your kids? So five, they just turned three. Here, so we had to cancel one of the birthday parties <laughs> and set up a Zoom birthday with like 20 people. And that's just the day and age we're living in. It's crazy. It's crazy. We, we're in the same thing. This In May, it's my wife's birthday, my daughter's birthday, and my son's birthday. It's all, it's all canceled. So what are you going to do? Well, we're, my wife is a birthday freak, so we're delaying the birthday parties for a little while. Uh, but what we did is she called the local fire department. So the fire department and the emergency service are going to drive through. They're gonna oh, wow. Yeah. Your wife's a champion for that. Yeah, you know, trust me. She's been reaching out to all her friends. So, so like uh, our kids' friends are going to be driving through and like waving and whatnot. So, oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, that's 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 the best best case scenario. Yeah, that's the, that's the COVID birthday party, I guess. It's kind of it really is. Yeah, it's kind of nuts. What it, are your kids like driving you off the walls, or how are you managing keeping them inside all day? Three and five, like they're oh, like yeah, go go go, go, right? Yeah, we, we, we try to get them, you know, we try to get them outside and we, there is a beach here, which is really a godsend. We took them there this morning for an hour, but we also have dogs and cats. So how would I say, I'd say we try to get them to do a few puzzles in our projects throughout the day. You know, they have school on the weekdays for an hour or two. Then we do, you know, we might do a TV show. And then, you know, by five o'clock, it's dinner time, but it's all just like trying to prolong their boredom or, or try to, you know, deactivate their boredom and prolong their day into something productive. Yeah. Have you found, I know this is true on my side, have you found that because the schedule is so interrupted that you've actually got them, you're, you're more comfortable with them spending more time on electric electronics and media? Is that something that's kind of manifested? Uh, not at first. But I think, yeah, the last, let's say, three weeks, we've been here almost six weeks. So, yeah, yeah, in that time span, we've gotten because, it, because there's no other option. Right. That's just the reality of it, you know, and there's just only so many activities and board games and puzzles before they just <laughs> say, like, I'm done. And, uh, you know, the system has, I guess it's kind of forced us to do things we don't normally do, for example, like cooking. You know, we try to cook. I, we have cooked, my wife mostly, but I've helped probably six days a week. Yeah. And when we're in New York City, we'll be lucky to do one. <laughs> so in that sense, it's been productive because we kind of make it a family activity. We have, we have, uh, sorry about that. We have Friday night, like pizza night. So we, we're Jewish Shabbat. Saturday, we do like, we make cookies. Try not to do too much sugar. Sunday. We have like a movie day where we allow them to watch a movie and kind of chill. So the schedule is basically a manifestation of where, we at, where we're at. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to be as comfortable as we can with all of it, knowing that it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. Well, well yeah, you're, you're absolutely right there. And I got to say, I haven't, we, we also live that lifestyle of eating out fairly regularly. And I haven't yeah. had Chipotle in like six weeks. I'm having freaking withdrawals. You miss it. Oh, dude, that something about that rice. I don't know what's the rice is great. Yeah, it's good. Right. I miss Chipotle. I miss sushi. That's my thing. Yeah, I don't eat meat, only fish. Sure. So, New York City sushi and, and pasta, but sushi I really miss. 
Yeah. That's, that, that's been a tough one for me. We'll get, we'll get back. We'll get back. We'll get back. I hope so, man. I hope so. No kidding. No kidding. So being in the broadcasting industry, you probably work from home a lot now, correct? You're- yeah, I am. I, so that's like, I've been able to maybe not have to make as big of adjustment as someone else because so ESPN about a year ago when I started doing daily wager, which is the gambling show at night at six o'clock ESPN two shameless plug. Um, <laughs> They built a beautiful studio for me in the house, in the apartment. Because mm-hmm. I was going to Bristol like every, and I'd go five, every five, six weeks. Maybe I'd co-host Go Lick and Wingo or go for a few shows, but it wasn't consistent. And they were just like, let me just, you know, we'll just build a studio for you. So that's where I do all my hits, 99.9%. And, and I have a little office we built where I write, radio, podcast, you know. Yeah. So I'm home. When I'm gone throughout the day, it's not like to go to work. It's to take meetings, meet with agents, players, executives that might be in town. You know, that's what that's when I'm out and about throughout the day. But I'm usually home by five because I have the show at six. Mm-hmm. So it's that in that sense, it's been probably more seamless for me than than most people. Do you find it challenging working from home with young kids? I know one yes. thing. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really hard for me to separate that. How, how, how does really that hard, really hard. So that's been honestly, probably the hardest thing is like the whole concept of like daddy being home, but daddy not being necessarily right. available is really hard and they don't understand it, nor should they. So what we do is like, we'll say, uh, one thing we found effective, what we should probably implement into our regular lives is like the night before, let's go through each other's day, my wife and I when we need help from one another. Hmm. So like today, for example, with the draft, I was like, you know, I, I went to bed really late. I was like, can I sleep in till nine? And she said, yeah, of course. So I slept in till nine, we got up, we did the beach thing. And then like, I had to lock in for the draft. So yeah. my wife said to the kid, as did I like, okay, daddy's here for the next three, four hours. You can come in and say hi, if you want, but daddy can't really play for the next two hours. And, and, you know, there's always like hiccups, you know, like my daughter will come in hysterical, like, Hey, it's her brother. He, he took my toy. And I have to like call my wife, like, you know, babe, like can't, can't do this right now, you know? And, and it's hard and during, when you're home, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's, but it's, it's a lot less of a challenge because they're either at school or they have a play date. They have gymnastics, yeah. music. There's always distractions. We don't have that now. Yeah, no, I, I run into the same exact problem this week. I'm working from home. I've, I run an insurance agency. So all these calls coming in. Yeah. My daughter just keeps coming into the room saying, Daddy, I want to play. And I'm like, and I, I had to continuously say, Daddy can't play. Daddy has to work. That's and man, that, that kind of like. It eats at you. It does. Yeah, it really does. It does. Yeah, it really does. You feel so badly. and All they want is to play. That's all they want. They want your love. Yeah. You know, they, they need help with something. But that, but that, that always turns into something else. Like you might say, okay, I can do this, but then there's some other project or situation. So right. it turns in five minutes can turn into 30 really fast. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I actually brought this up in uh, the, the Actadad group over on Facebook and I got a really nice piece of advice saying, Hey, before your day begins, just tell your daughter, Hey, I've got 10, 15 minutes. It's all you, whatever you want to do. I got you. Um, it's, it's nice. That works. Eh. <laughs> they don't know time 
that's the challenge. Could be seven hours. They don't know yeah. time. Yeah, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. But you know, I just try to say, okay, you know, every hour, every two hours, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to spend a few minutes and kind of interact. But it's it's always hard breaking breaking away. Um, How old are your kids? Uh, my daughter is going to be four next week, and my son is going to be one. In a so few similar, years. yeah, similar, a little yeah. younger. Similar age. And they, like you said, they don't fully understand. They don't understand why they can't go to the playground, why they can't play their sports, why they can't go see all their friends, um, why they None can't hug it. grandma and grandpa. It's, it's kind of a crazy time. None of it. And uh, there's really no way to, there's no, that's why I said there's no perfect solution or fix. How are it's you handling, to, how are you handling the whole grandparent thing? Do you, do you live near your grandparent, your parents? And, no, my parents are in Seattle. Okay. My wife's parents are divorced in Seattle and LA. So across the country, a lot of FaceTime. Yeah. And that's about it. My sister is here. So um, we've been able to see her and she has a newborn, but then they, so they got COVID their whole family. So we didn't see them for almost three weeks. So, you know, but the parents thing is tough because like my parents really wanted to come here and hunker down, but they were so concerned you know, especially they're both over 60, they're in great shape, but they were concerned that this would be a, a harder place to be, especially given their age. So they pretty much hunkered down in Seattle and have uh, gone total quarantine. And I really, I, I sympathize for them. You know, it's been hard. Yeah, certainly hard on everyone. What about sports? Are your kids into sports and athletics and that sort of thing? How's that, how's that played out? Our daughter loves gymnastics, but she's five. Mm-hmm. And then our son's just turned three, so... Yeah, like one of the things, it's always, the biggest debate in our house is always TV. Right. And so one of the things my daughter does, she's realized that I watch a lot of basketball or football. So she'll say, uh, Daddy, because I always put her in bed. I do my daughter, I do, I put Ren down, my daughter, my wife, Brianna, puts Hayes down. And that's just our system. So she'll say, Daddy, can I watch basketball with you in bed? So sometimes we'll have a game on together, but. For the most part, they're not quite at that age yet with sports. Like they like to play with the ball and throw the ball and that kind of thing, but they're not quite yet there yet. Yeah. yeah Although yeah. our daughter has gotten unbelievable gymnastics and got she was the youngest youngest kid to do the advanced gymnastics class, which just began in like February. So that shut down. <laughs> when you heard she got she qualified for that, how did that make yeah. you feel? As someone who's had uh, accomplishments in your own athletics. How did that compare to your own accomplishments? And you know, it was really, it's a great question. It was really, really cool. I mean, it wasn't, I think if it, if, if it was like something in high school or even middle school, it would be even more gratifying, but she's so young that it, it was gratifying for sure, but it was amazing. Yeah. And I was like, wow, could she be like an Olympic gymnast? I mean, that's what I was thinking selfishly, but it still doesn't compare to, you know, my, my basketball career. And like, I was a pretty, you know, I played basketball in college for four years and, you know, I really, I made everything out of my ability. I wasn't super talented, but I really, really worked at it and became a pretty good player. And I can kind of see that in my daughter now, like when she's like practicing at home, her gymnastics are round off and all of that combined is really cool. But I still think about like, you know, like I had a dream two weeks ago. I told my wife that I was back in the state championships in high school and I went like 0 for 18 and I woke <laughs> up and she told me I woke up in a sweat. So I still hold on to that. We've got to, I mean, those, those, those prime moments, but that's one of the cool things I think 
about being a father is when you see your kids accomplish things, it kind of like brings you back. You get to like ex have these yes. experiences over again. As a, as, as a young father, kind of segue out of that just a little bit here, Jordan, as a young father, what do you think the most important characteristic of a great dad would be? What's the most important characteristic of an awesome dad? I would say number one, love your kids. Love your kids, which comes, you know, naturally. Then after that, try to be selfless because, you know, it, it's not just for them. If you know you're being selfless as a dad, whether it's to your daughter, to your boy, to any of your kids at any age, if you know that in your heart, then you're going to feel a satisfaction that will then make you a better parent. So that's mm -hmm. what I would say for me. Aside from loving them, which is, you know, so easy to do, yeah. then it becomes selflessness. I think that's the number one trait. But there's so many. But I would I would narrow it down to that, though. Well, selflessness, I think, is, is huge. And that's probably one of the most, maybe not most challenging, but one of the most dynamic changes when you have a kid. Because before a kid, like, you still love your wife and you're there for them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, your wife is not just going to, like, fall in the pool and drown, right? So right. All, all of your life kind of changes. Speaking of spouses, um, you know, again, being a young father, has that put pressure on your relationship at all? With yes, a lot. That's, a something lot. That's, yeah. that's something that's happened with me and my wife. Like all the things we used to love doing together. Well, yeah. how do you guys See, deal with I, that? I think, I think that's the thing right there, man. I think, you know, for better or worse, the reality is when you become a daddy and then when you have two young ages, you yeah. lose a lot of that time for yourself and for your marriage. And my parents told me this early on. It's not kind of important it is downright essential that you make time for yourself and for your wife yeah for your for your for your marriage why is that important because obviously you love that person you're very invested in that person not only as a mother but as a as a companion and then two if if you don't do that there and i i'm guilty of this there starts to become a resentment toward the whole i idea that you don't have this time anymore and mm. it, it, it's really it's really important man like we try to have one or two dates a week saturday or friday night like 100 yeah. percent. and my biggest thing is like what's what's the balance between your own time together as a couple and how do you balance that with being a mom and dad because that's obviously the most important thing but if you're not fulfilled in a relationship it's going to affect you in a myriad of ways including as a parent yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think I think that is probably one of the biggest challenges at this phase of life that's not being talked about. You know, when you start looking at numbers and divorce rates and, and separations and whatnot, it's pretty astounding. It's pretty staggering. And I'm always looking for ways and insight on how you can in, try to keep that the relationship firm. Because the reality is your kids are going to be here for, you know, 15, 20 years. And then you need to continue that relationship with your spouse right yeah exactly yeah i mean when they move out and you're you, you get that freedom back you're much older and i don't know if you, if you didn't if just imagine i'm sure many people have done this and i hope i don't do this but imagine a situation where you never really took care of your marriage and the kids suffocated everything you yeah. wanted to be a great dad be a great mom then when they move out say i'm i'm third i just turned 34 my daughter is uh, five. She'll move out in 13 years in theory. Say I'm 47 years old. If I didn't have the 
that's crazy to think about too i, I know you're <laughs> man really you're still, scary you're still pretty young man at that point right you still got 40 yeah. more years yeah and so if you're not who knows with modern technology blood spinning you know all that, all that stuff no but in theory like if you didn't have that relationship throughout the, the whole tenure with your wife like a healthy relationship i don't really think you can just like start over that's yeah. too long of a time yeah yeah well i know that you know my wife and i we make it a, a point also every saturday night there's no there's no business there's no friends it's it's that's date night um but what typically tends to happen is we don't just talk about the kids the whole time it's hard it's i know really, it's really hard to go back to the things that we love to do together um yeah and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing i just think it's something that men and men and women should be aware of that that's that's something you need to be consistently looking at and improving 100 percent, and i think you know even then though like you have to be you have to make such a conscious effort to do it because like in sports for example especially if it's a busy time whether it's a game maybe i'll be able to break the story it's a text from a gm or an agent you know you only get so many of those and so if it's if it's if it's date night you got to be really consciously locked into my phone is not going to be an apparatus an appendix to me yeah. tonight you know and so I've, I've learned the hard way like there's been nights when we've gone out when I, I i thought i could handle it do both ended up being on my phone and ended up ruining a good night and then so now i'm trying to what i've tried to do is like really in my mind plan out the actual nights where i could be phone free yeah, it's a hard thing to do, but it's becoming more popular. I'm seeing more uh, influencers do this digital detox thing, which I think is an interesting concept. But in our line of work, I, I just don't see how that's possible. Uh, it's so hard. I mean, I've tried it. I've really tried it. And it feels good, but you're always kind of wondering, like, what are you missing? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do, really you ever feel, do you ever feel like the phone gets in the way of being there with your kids and parenting? Do you have to be, like, consciously, okay, like – Putting it on silent, putting it away, taking the kids to the park. Yeah, I mean, it does. And the only way for it to really not become a factor is if I leave it at home. Yeah. If I take it with me and it's on silent or even airplane mode, I'll still check it, you know? Yeah. So, like, yesterday. It, like, itches. It itches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yesterday's a good example. We were going to – my wife made dinner, and I, I said, I was like, I don't really need to be on my phone tonight because draft – basically was over at that point and sure enough i got a few texts and a couple alerts and i got on my phone and she was like i thought this was going to be a family night and i i was like i met, i felt really badly but i felt like i needed to handle it yeah and that's an example of me not again not planning right right if i had said i need till nine as opposed to seven thirty, would have been fine but i thought i could do both and when you spread yourself too thin especially in a marriage as yeah. parents, it's like impossible. That's a great example. Cause I, I'll tell you, if I could communicate with my wife, with my kids on the front end, okay, what's, what the plan is, everything's fine. But as soon as I deviate from the plan, it's like the walls start crashing down around. Exactly. It, and it's only a matter of time before you do, you know, you're going to. Right. <laughs> the pull of that phone or whatever it is, the game, it's yeah. too much. And like for me, you know, I'm covering different sports. Been fortunate enough to do the boardroom at ESPN and 
be at ESPN and have the pull up with CJ and call him. And, like I just, um, my head's always in, it's, it's always working like specifically to, to what I need to do, you know? Yeah. And it might not be like a big picture macro thing of I got to do this and this to get there. That's more of like a general thought process, but it's like, you know, I, I told that GM I would text him tonight. I told that player I would call him tonight. If I don't do it, what are they going to think? And then I, 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 I stress about it. And it's really difficult because I'm never really, I never feel like I'm quite balanced. No. You know, I always feel like I'm, I'm on the precipice of it, but it's never perfect again. And then I think there's a quote, like, who was it? I can't remember who said this. It's a great, great quote. Like, be, un be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm. You know, knowing that it's not going to be perfect. You have to accept it, embrace it, whatever you need to do. Get to that point where you're okay with it. Then you can, then you're okay. Yeah, I, I honestly, I say that all the time. Get comfortable with discomfort. It's, it's really, really important. I think it's actually Tim Ferriss wrote that in his book, The 4-Hour Workweek. I think it's He's great. awesome. Yeah, it's great. Great. And, and I got to be honest, thank you so much for sharing that, that never fully balanced because um, I, I feel like I'm right there, man. It's like, I'm, yeah. I'm always like close. Mm -hmm. it's, I just, it's, there's so many different, it's like, there's always something in the air, you know, hundred percent. you're always juggling yeah, and, something. And like, that's what I was saying. Like, until you're okay with that concept, you're not going to be able to have success. You're not going to be able to sustain anything because you're going to be so caught up and bogged down by that every day, every hour, whatever it is. And that's why it's so important. That's great. That's great, Jordan. Thank you for sharing. Awesome. All right, so Jordan, before we get into the world-famous Actadad Rapid Fire, let us know where, let everyone know where they can find you. Where can they find Jordan Schultz? So Instagram is at Jordan Schultz, Twitter, Schultz underscore report. I just created a TikTok, real Jordan Schultz, Facebook Jordan Schultz. Basically, just look me up. But the podcast is on, you know, all podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, everything. The boardroom you can see on ESPN+. And one, one thing I'll say, I think it's so important to have people you can lean on, even if they're, if they're a lot older, the same age, whatever it is. So if anybody's listening that needs help, wants help in their career, just reach out to me. Send me a DM on Instagram. I will get back to you. I have plenty of unreads, but I go through them. I, I actually, that's another thing. At the end of every week, Sunday night, I will actively spend 45 minutes to an hour going through the Instagram DMs and try to get back to everyone else. Because I feel like I had a few people help me. And if I can do that, even if it's not in sports journalism, but especially if it is, I'm more than happy to do it. I'm obliged to do it. That's awesome. I mean, quite frankly, that's something that I'm really big on is engaging with your audience because you, you never know who the next Jeff Bezos is or the next mm -hmm. Michael Jordan is going to be. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. My parents told me as a young kid, and they really instilled it as, you know, help. I just got to see it. I, that, that's a perfect example right now. I just got a text from an agent that I've been waiting for for two days, and it just came, and I swiped it out because, you know what? He was late on this. I'm going to get back to him in an hour. He, he can wait. So, um. See, the old me would have just been like, hold on one second. I would have done that. But I, I didn't do it. I had to stay committed to one thing. Um, but, yeah, my parents told me as a young kid, like, help those who can't help you. You know, if they don't have anything in return to help you with, forget it. <laughs> Sorry. If they don't have anything in return to help you with, forget about that. Help them. Do the right thing. 
It all comes around. Love that. Love that. Awesome. Well, before I let you go here, let's run through a quick few rapid yeah, for sure. fire bracket here, Jordan. So, Jordan, first question here. What is your favorite story to read or tell your kids? Wow. Damn, that's a good one. Oh. You know what's a really good one? She likes to hear my, – my, my son doesn't really necessarily, like, love stories yet. It's not quite there. My daughter, who I put down pretty much every night, she, there's a story I tell her about – there's two stories she loves. But the one that she really loves is the purple dragons. And I made up this story about these three purple dragons, uh, this family. And they need avocados for their house for dinner, but they're out of them. So they have to go fly to the avocado tree, but there's only one left and they need to let, I always make up a different animal, the monkey, the caterpillar, insect could be a spider. They need to let that animal have that last avocado. And when they do, that animal says, thank you so much for letting me have that. I know a huge avocado tree that's full of them. Let me take you there. So they didn't, the whole concept of what I was just saying, like they didn't think that that caterpillar or whatever it is could help them, but they knew that that caterpillar needed it. And as soon as they gave the avocado, you know, cause they could have like killed them or whatever, whatever yeah. in her imagination. Yeah. As soon as they did that, then they got access to this massive avocado tree just down the way. And as soon as they, as soon as they were able to get those, they brought them all back to their family and everyone was so happy. And the caterpillar and his family got to eat too. Love that. Love that. That's like straight, that's like an Aesop's fable type of story. I love that. Great. great it is. It is. She loves it. I, I'd say that's a once a week solid gets you to bed story within five to 10 minutes. Love that. The purple dragons. Love it. Um, favorite city to visit, Jordan, what you got? Well, I'm from Seattle. I love Seattle. I love Seattle. And it inspired me in so many ways. But favorite city to visit? Um, so many. Why don't I, can I give you one domestic, one international? Sure, you got it. Okay, so I'd probably say Chicago. Okay. I, I think Chicago is just a fantastic city. Food, sports, people, architecture, it's beautiful. The weather is shit, but, you know, sorry, I swore. The weather's not good for the most part, but in the summer, oh, love it. I love Chicago. So that'd be that. Internationally, you know, it's a real, I mean, I'm a big Greece guy, and it's not really a city, but like Santorini, Mykonos, man, that's like the most beautiful place I've ever been. Yeah, Greece is definitely on my list. One day, one day we'll get over there. Greece is great. You got to go to Greece. One day in Athens, that's it. Then you're done. Acropolis, go to the islands. Love it. Love it. Cool. Pro tip, pro tip. Uh, pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Nah. No? Nah. Okay. If you could see any musician in concert living or dead who would you go see beatles love it and then final question here for you jordan if you've got a billboard that's going to reach millions and millions and millions of fathers we can put on that billboard <laughs> uh put your family first and everything else will fall into place Jordan that's, said it. I agree with it. That's, that's great. That's the one. But if I had more, if I had more words, I would, I would have some other ones in there, you know, get your workout in like I'm doing, yep. read a book, but that would be my kind of my go-to. Like I, I want to be great. I really do. 
in everything I do, especially with my career and as a father. But if you love your family, then you feel good about doing all that other stuff. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. I love the mindset. I definitely see big things for you in the future, Jordan. Make sure to check him out all over the web. I got links below. And uh, thanks again, Jordan. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Jordan. I thought he had some great insight. It was really cool to just talk to another awesome dad who's just living through this. And no matter what walk of life you are in, you are going through challenges right now because that is what fatherhood is all about. That's what the new normal is all about. Thank you once again for listening to the show. Make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. It makes a huge difference. I very much appreciate it as well. And I also want to invite you to look for Actadad. We are all over the place. You can find Actadad on every platform. I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. I am on Twitter. I am on LinkedIn. I am on TikTok. And I would love to see you there. Also, don't forget YouTube where you can watch all the interviews. And I very much look forward to engaging with you and seeing you there soon. In the meantime, have a great week. And I will catch you next time here on... The Awesome Dad Show. Peace.